Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. If you'd like to nominate the show for a, a podcast of the year in the arts and culture category, you can do that at podcastawards.com. Uh, and you can become one of our friends over on Facebook at facebook.greatdetectives.net. Well, today we're going to get into Nero Wolf. Your choice uh, for us to listen to this year. I know that a lot of folks became fans of uh, Nero Wolf uh, through the A&E television show, which adapted several Nero Wolf novels. Of course, there are quite a few uh, novels by Rex Stout that didn't quite make it to television, and always there's more detail you can pick up in uh, books. Now, that's why we were pleased to recommend Audible. Uh, you go to audiblepodcast.com slash oldtimeradio. You can sign up for a two-week uh, free trial, and uh, you get a free audiobook. And if you'd like, you can choose a Nero Wolf title for your listening pleasure. Well, we turn uh, to Nero Wolf. I know those who've been familiar uh, with the radio uh, series most remember uh, those that starred Sidney Greenstreet as uh, Nero Wolf. However, this was not the beginning of Nero Wolf on the radio. Uh, there were actually three different series of Nero Wolf broadcasts. The first run of Nero Wolf on the radio uh, began in 1943 over something called the uh, New England uh, Network. Uh, and then, from 1943 to 44, ran over the Blue Network, uh, The Adventures of Nero Wolf, uh, and... Uh, we don't have any of the 1943 episodes. However, we have one episode of the 1944 Nero Wolf series. This one stars uh, Louis Van Ruten uh, as Wolf and Joseph Julian as Archie Goodwin. And this was a rebroadcast on the uh, Armed Forces Radio Service uh, Mystery Playhouse. During the war, it was really uh, the AFRS's uh, method have shows that brought a variety of different uh, shows to uh, soldiers, as you couldn't bring all three uh, or four networks over there. And in this case, they had a celebrity host in the person of Peter Lorre, uh, who provided the uh, commentary and the uh, tone uh, for the presentation of the episode. And in this episode, Mr. Lorre does a good job introducing Nero Wolf. Production is somewhat necessary because uh, Nero Wolf had only been around as a uh, detective story uh, for about uh, 10 years. It was not as universally known, perhaps, as today. So let's go ahead and listen to The Last Laugh Murder Case. Good evening. This is Peter Lawler. Well, since murderers and thieves are unlikely to stay long in one place, it seems reasonable to assume that crime detection requires a certain amount of physical activity. <laughs> a theory which tonight's leading character dismisses well. Bah! Give him a chance to prove his point, won't you? Listen to the mystery playhouse. <laughs> If extreme 
fleshiness and a profound disinclination to move were a real handicap, then you and I would be little concerned with one Nero Wolf. Mr. Wolf, as you may be aware, has won for himself considerable acclaim as a detective par excellence, a veritable scourge of the unlawful, an avenging demon to those with guilty hands. And Nero has attained his enviable reputation without stirring from his extremely easy chair, except, of course, uh, for bare essentials such as eating, sleeping, and admiring his orchids. This sedentary mass of protoplasm, when there's any distaste in movement required, or he simply calls on his confidential secretary and trusted assistant, Archie. Yes, Archie Goodwin, near Wolf's good right hand, provides the footwork. And he tells the story, too. Here he is. I dislike pessimists. Take the one who said there's nothing new under the sun. Getting down to cases, he may have been right. But he overlooked something. The basic facts may remain much the same, but there's always a new wriggle. There were babes in his day. There are, thank heavens, babes in mine. The fundamental idea hasn't changed much. But when you consider the modern materials and techniques... Well, July is warm, isn't it? Besides, he didn't say anything about under the moon, did he? The same thing is true, although not quite so important, about detectives. I'd been reading a book about the old-timers, and I remarked... Boss, I've been reading a book. Ah. No, that's not the title. The title is Great Detectives of Yesteryear. Were there any? It may strike you as a revolutionary idea, but there seem to have been some. Primitive fumblers, no doubt. That's not what the guy who wrote this book thinks. Can he think? He says there'll never be detectives as great as they were. Fiddlesticks. What could they do that I can't? Walk a hundred yards? That's simply substituting sweat for intelligence. I'm not so sure. Some of the things they did were terrific. For example, they could take one look at a man and tell you how old he was, where he was born, what he had for breakfast that morning, and whether he was intelligent or just an isolationist. Charles Bay Archer. You could do it? Naturally. I don't believe it. What would you like me to do? Give you a demonstration? Sure. Ah. Bar is no contribution to conversation. Me, I think you're hedging. I'm doing nothing of the sort. It's simply that. Let's forget the whole thing. After all, you are not perfect. You have your failings. You're entitled to a few. Uh, warm for July, isn't it? Archie. Although there have been warmer Julys, on the other hand, there have been colder ones. Taking them all... Archie. All... Get up. I, uh... I'm up. Spend it. You know where the door is. Of course, you're not banishing me from hearth and home. Go through it. Stop the first man that passes this house. Bring him to me. You understand? A glimmer begins to light up my mental darkness. Ah. I look at him and tell you his profession, his matrimonial status, his habits, and many other little things about him you might like to know. You will? I said so, haven't I? I know, but, boss, should a man of your weight get so far out on a limb? Archie! I'm going, and I'll be back with a $64 question. Mr. Wolf. Yes, sir. This gentleman was passing by, and I asked him to come in. 
you explained why. Uh-huh. Mr. Wolf, this is Mr. Henry Kramer. How do you do, sir? Hello, Mr. Wolf. Yes, yes, Mr. Kramer. You shan't have to keep you very long. Your wife must be waiting dinner for you. Huh? Yes, and the children. The limb is beginning to bend under that weight. No doubt you've had a hard day at the office, but a brisk shower, a quick shave with that old-fashioned straight razor you use, and you'd be a new man. Agree with me, Archie? I'm either on the verge of taking off my mental hat to you or else preparing to laugh. Uh, how do you know he's married and has children? You have eyes as well as I, if you use them. The old band on his finger makes it evident the gentleman's married. As for children, Mr. Kramer's in his thirties. South affairs good. If he had no children, he'd be in the army. Maybe he's got a bum knee or... Mr. Kramer. Oh, no, but the... Kind of close on that. How about the office work? The cuff of his right sleeve is considerably more worn than the rest of the suit. Use of a pen for a good many hours during the day is indicated. Couple that with Mr. Kramer's pallor and... The straight razor? The blood stain on Mr. Kramer's collar. Too large to have been caused by the comparatively small nicks made by a safety razor. Maybe his wife bit him. Ah! <laughs> you all finished, Mr. Wolf? Yes. Why? <laughs> yeah, because I thought perhaps there might be something else you could figure out. My grandmother's maiden name, for instance. Confound <laughs> you, sir. Stop that brag. <laughs> I can't help it. It was clever of you, but... Uh, well, first of all, I'm not married. Naturally, I have no children. Indeed. This wedding band used to belong to my mother. Another thing, I don't work in an office. Where do you work? Troubleshooter in the field for the telephone company. Stop it. You're breaking our hearts. And I never used a straight razor in my life. I wouldn't know how. Electric shaver for me. The blood on my collar is from nosebleed. I get it once in a while. That cracks the limb. Uh... Mr. Wolf, shall I show Mr. Kramer out and fish for another one? Oh, now, wait a minute. Don't rib the old gentleman. Oh, gentlemen, <laughs> me. Mr. Kramer's going in for a little deduction on his own. He's still out there. Mr. Kramer, thank you, and good night. Huh? Good night, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> Sorry, it didn't work out. <laughs> as I said, it's a very warm July. Warmer since 1880, I think. Are you trying to spare my feelings? Don't be silly. I'm elaborately kibitzing, Mr. Wolf. Better not. Kramer laughed. But I rather think, Archie, it wasn't the last laugh in this matter. What do you mean? The man who was just here is not only a thorough liar, Archie, but... But what? But a murderer as well. As deductions go, that's kind of track. So was murder. According to you, then, Kramer was lying about his family and his job, huh? Naturally. Okay, I'll make a phone call. To whom? Surprise to the phone company. Hello, operator. Personnel department, please. Thank you. Even if Kramer was lying, why should you think he's a murderer? Hello? Yes, I'm checking on a Mr. Henry Kramer. Yes, he claims to be one of your field representatives. Uh-huh. Now, hold on. She sounds blonde. Yeah? Uh-huh. I see. Thanks a lot. And, uh, what do you do after work? You... Oh, well, go on. She goes home and beats her husband. About Kramer, Archie. Bad news, boss. He does work for the phone company as a field representative. So where does that leave your deductions? Untouched, of course. Let me think. Yes. Naturally. Nature covers a multitude of sins. What do you mean by naturally? I came to the conclusion that the man whom you brought to me was an office worker. We have just discovered that Kramer is not an office worker. Therefore... You were wrong. I am never wrong. Ever the man who was here is not Kramer. That's the limb to beat all limbs getting out on, if you know what I mean. Fiddlesticks. Look up Kramer in the phone book and call him. Okay, but what do I ask him? Let me see. Hmm. Of course. 
Well, that's not the kind of thing you can ask a man. Never mind, just call. You're the boss. Let's see. Uh, here he is. Malcolm. Four, nine, four, three, eight. Hello? I'd like to speak to Henry Kramer. What? Who are you? Oh, well, for... No, don't bother Captain McQuillan. Let him stay that way. So long. Yes, Officer. I understand now why you weren't bothered about what to ask, Kramer. But how did you know? Logic, Archie. I was correct then in assuming that Kramer... You were correct. Henry Kramer is dead. He was... Murdered. Well, well. Oh, ha-ha. Come in, Goodwin. I've been waiting for you. Why, Captain McQuillan, how sweet of you. Why did you phone Kramer? Because he laughed at Wolf. Did you have to kill him just because Don't he... be silly. What are you doing, keeping the stiff company? Yeah, and his girl. Oh, Captain. She doesn't even know I'm alive. Smart girl. Are you? Hey, huh? is that Kramer lying near the window? Yeah. You want an introduction? Never mind. We've met before. Hey. What's the matter? Did he pull a gun on you, the dirty corpse? You've been robbed. This corpse isn't Kramer. You've been robbed of brains. That's Kramer. His fingerprints checked with the phone companies. His girlfriend identified him. What makes you think he isn't? Because when he visited us earlier tonight, he was about a head taller, had brown hair instead of blonde, and... And Wolf was right, darn him. Captain McQuillan. Oh. That's all right. Ignore him. He comes with the woodwork. What's up, Miss Saunders? Do you have to let people stare at Henry as though he were an exhibit? Find what you were looking for, Miss Saunders? How dare you? What do you mean? Somebody's gone through this place like a minor league hurricane. Looking for something. You? Who is he? Uh, an adjunct to a very fat orchid fancier. Archie Goodwin. I'm Nero Wolfe's assistant. You love Kramer? We were going to be married. But... Yes, I can see that's out. Want his murderer found? Of course I do. More than anything else in the world. Swell. You want Nero Wolf, 601 West 35th Street. And you want him fast. Now, listen, Goodwin. The police are working on this case. Sure, and... they'll protect the corpse very well. Uh, remember the address, Miss Saunders. Goodbye, Captain. Goodbye, you... You ambulance chaser. You're getting to be so brilliant, boss. It's boring. <laughs> Just my habit. <laughs> uh, passerby was not Kramer. Not a phone company employee and was a murderer. You haven't proved that last yet. I will, Archie. I will. That must be Miss Saunders. Mm. She's young and beautiful. You deduced that from the way she buzzed the buzzer? I deduced that from the gleam in your eye. Bah! Ah, you want. I'm going to keep the gleam shining. Hello, Miss Saunders. Come in. Thank you. Mr. Wolf? Is the large sitting down gentleman behind the desk. Uh, this is Miss Saunders, Mr. Wolf. How do you do, my dear? Police been successful? No, they haven't found the murderer. Have they found anything else? Anything? What do you mean? Well, she tells me Henry Craven was over 40 and remarkably unattractive. You're the reverse. Why were you marrying him? I... I loved him. Unconvincing. What were you searching for under Captain McQuillan's nose? Nothing. How did your fiancé make a living? He worked for the phone company. Fiddlesticks. He checked his record. He was absent more often than not. He earned hardly enough for cigarette money. Did he give you that engagement ring on your finger? Why, yes. Hmm. I suggest it's worth more than Henry Kramer earned in a year with the telephone company. Miss Saunders, Henry Kramer was killed and his apartment searched. 
This case, post hoc propter hoc. He means, uh, translating from the Latin, that he was killed so that his killer could search the apartment. Thank you. Miss Saunders, why were you marrying Henry Kramer? I loved I had to. Yes, sir. Why did you have to? Because he had letters of mine that... Archie, get Miss Saunders in the kitchen at once. Cooking letters? Last you, that must be the police at the door. To your left, Miss Saunders, quickly, and stay there until I call. All right. Answer the door, Archie. Do I know Ellen is here? You know nothing. An easy role for you to play. I'll swallow that insult for the moment, but wait till the next time you drop a collar button, won't we pick it up with Why, bless my old eyes if it isn't Captain McQuillan. Haven't we met before? Where's Wolf? Surprise, he's sitting down. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, hello, Mr. Wolf. Good evening, Captain. Where's Ellen Saunders? This is not the Bureau of Missing Persons. I think she's here. Indeed. Yeah, I want her. Why? To take home and show his wife how they're coming off the assembly line these days. Now, listen, good one. No, Captain, you listen. I've opened my door to you. I expect courtesy. What do you want? Ellen Saunders. The district attorney would like to see her. I'll tell her the next time we meet. That could be right now. She's here. I don't see her. Do you, Archie? Just a second while I look around. No, I don't see her. Uh, the routine isn't very good. Mind if I looked around myself? You uh, have a search warrant, of course. Well, as it happens, no. In that case, Captain, I've enjoyed this little chat with you, and good night. Archie, the captain is leaving. Okay, okay, I'm leaving. I suppose by the time I get back to the warrant, she'll be in Hoboken. Hoboken? Where is that? Oh, nuts. Trail me to the door, Goodwin, to show what a good detective you are. Who is He was mad. <laughs> no doubt. Archie, take Miss Saunders to a respectable hotel and register under an assumed name. You should stay there until I notify her otherwise. I don't want her arrested for murder yet. Her beauty has won you over. Then return here immediately. No stay? Ah! You say in your own repulsive way, no stay. Now, no, not Archie. Ah, gentleman who was so amused by my demonstration, Mr. Kramer. Well, not Mr. Kramer, after all. Where's the girl? That question's beginning to bore me. I don't know. I think she's here. So do the police. Don't be a fool. Incidentally, what makes you think she was an accomplice of Kramer's? Well, she must have been. She, I mean, you uh... mean she must have been, but she wasn't. Kramer was blackmailing her into marriage, just as he was blackmailing you. The story sounds attractive, Mr. Wolf. So the Kramer stories. Where is she? I don't know. Would this help you to remember? Good heavens. Don't point at this. Let me. It annoys me. It may kill you. Ah, the police, I should think. <laughs> Open the door, my good fellow. Now, I haven't got the time. I'll be back. If I don't find her, lock the blasted door down if it isn't open. Well, I got the search water, Mr. Wolf. Indeed, Captain. Yeah. Also, no doubt, a fine-tooth comb. Oh, yes, as you go through the house. Close the back window. I've just had a burglar, and I rather think he left it open. You had a what? Burglar. May I point out that that warrant you're clutching in your hot little hand is not a lease on the house? Finish your search and go home. You look tired. You've been trying to think. Yes, Archie. You've just missed Captain McQuiller. That I can stand. I'm sorry I missed the burglar, though. You'll see him in the morning where he works. He told you where? Not in so many words, but uh, take a deep breath. 
Mm-hmm. I have. Notice anything? Perfume. Ellen's? No, I would have noticed if she'd been wearing any when I said good night. Strike that from the record. Yes. A burglar left that odor. I recognized it because it is the perfume with which a soap basely mislabeled as Orchid Ovals is treated. I say basely because orchids have no odor. Okay, so the guy washes with a basely mislabeled soap? No. The odor would not have been so persistent in that case. Unquestionably, our visitor works for the soap company. Every employee of a plant in which perfume is used invariably carries the odor on his clothes. And since you've already deduced he works in an office, uh-huh. I'll look him up in the morning. What with hiring rooms for girls and paying visits to a perfume factory, I'm beginning to feel like a maiden aunt. No one would ever mistake you for a maiden aunt, Archie. Thanks. Why? Because maiden aunts rarely need a shave. Orchid Oval Soap Company. Good morning. Who did you wish to see? I'd be happy just standing here and looking at you. <laughs> Yeah, but business is, as the proverb has it, business. I'm looking for one of your office employees. He's in his 30s, 5 foot 10, brown hair. Oh, you mean Harmon. Does he owe you money, too? You could say that. Is he in? He was, but he went home sick. He was green in the face. A family failing. Uh, did he get a call, maybe, from his wife or somebody? He got a call from somebody. Uh-huh. All I wanted to know, sister. So long and thanks. <laughs> Archie, our unknown's name is Harmon. He left the office this morning sick after he got a call from a girl who wasn't his wife. Bad. Get Miss Saunders at once and bring her here. Right. I'm at Harmon's home now. Thought I'd check. He does have children, huh? Two. Boy and girl. How do you do Never it? Never mind. Hurry. And Archie, don't stop to console Mrs. Harmon. She's about to suffer a great loss. Ninth floor, huh? Thanks. 909. Miss Saunders. Ellen. Ellen Goodwin. Nice. Here we are. Archie and Ellen. Hmm, Archie, no like. Door open? It was. Careless of... Uh-uh. Careful, Mr. Goodwin. Archie, he's the... I'd prefer silence. Keep your hands high, Goodwin. A very distressing position makes the blood run into my head. He killed Henry Archie. Uh, Mr. Harmon, you really shouldn't. It's against the law. Get into the bathroom, both of you. I've already shaved this morning. I phoned him. I thought he might have my legs. I burned all the filthy blackmail material he had. I don't want to kill either of you, but I must. Let's not lose our heads about this. Besides, Ellen is too young to die. I'm too young to die, too. As a matter of fact, we're all too young to die. Let's not. Get moving, Goodwin. I like it here, thanks. All right, then. Let it be here. Hey, the wrong man fell down. Harmon, you shot me. Or did you? I shot him, Goodwin. Captain McQuillan, you little flat-footed angel. <laughs> Lucky for you, my flat feet got me here in time. Just for that, I'll buy you a pair of arch supports on your next birthday. What worries me, though, is how you had this all figured out. Such heavy thinking isn't like you. Well, as a matter of fact, I, uh, 
It, uh... Uh-huh. Wolf sent you here. Well, he did phone in and suggest I come here and do a bit of rescue work. The old devil. <laughs> You're not kidding. Because he didn't seem to be sure whether you would need rescue from Harmon. Yeah, or? Or whether Miss Saunders would need to be rescued from you. <laughs> You've been a very foolish young woman, Miss Saunders. I suggest in the future you exercise more care in your correspondence. Oh, I will, Mr. Wolf. How can I thank you? Well, Ellen, one way would be to listen wide-eyed while he explains how he solved the case. Well, I hadn't intended to, but... Come on, boss. Stop stalling. Well, it was really quite simple. For someone as brilliant as you, Mr. Wolf. You've got the idea, baby. He loves you. <laughs> However, my dear... The very first time we saw Harmon, he lied about an unimportant detail. Thus, I knew he was a murderer. He lied about the blood stain on his collar. He said it was nosebleed. Have you ever tried bleeding from your nose onto your collar? Just can't be done. A razor cut? He assured us he used an electric shaver. His lie about what seemed to be so trifling a matter indicated the blood was not his own. And he did lie about the rest of your analysis, too. His being married, the kids, the office work. Bloody idiot. To assume I would think I'd been mistaken. I think you were wonderful, Mr. Wolf. I'm going to kiss you. Now, look here. I advise you not to. There, you darling. Mm. Archie, Miss Saunders is a dangerous young woman. I'll try to be brave. Thank you, Archie. Well, I've got to go now. Goodbye, Mr. Wolf. Archie? I'll see you to the door. Uh, what are you doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? You didn't ask me what I was doing Sunday. Well, that's easy. The same thing you'll be doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Good night, Archie. Till Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <sighs> Last you stop creating a draft with your gusty sighs. Have you no romance in your soul? I know the answer. But something else occurs to me. Boss... You didn't collect a fee on this case. That's terrible. Perhaps I didn't. But, well, the case came into being simply because you confronted me with the shades of great detectives. Dead and gone. Shall we say, then, that my fee in this case will be my membership in their ranks? Well, Mr. Nero Wolf, you have my vote. Fine job of deduction, sir. It's obvious that uh, whatever else it may be, <laughs> there's certainly no fat on your brain cells. Take it easy, Nero. But if you won't, and we'll be bringing our microphone around your way again soon. Oh, uh, uh, please don't go. We haven't visited the green room, where the cast is rehearsing our next performance. Come with me, please. Come. Come, come. are proud to announce uh, the discovery of a great art treasure. They lost Cellini Gold Cup made by the great Florentine master for the Cardinal of Ferrara. Since uh, bidders have had an opportunity to view the cup for several days, there is no need to go into a detailed description. Beyond pointing out that the inlaid detail 
the magnificent design, the delicacy of the metalwork, marked this a masterpiece. Very well, we'll proceed without further preliminary. I have here a mail bid of $25,000. Will someone uh, bid more? 26500 26, bid. Uh, bear in mind, gentlemen, this is probably destined to be the unique Cellini piece of the world. Uh, do I hear another bid? 30000 uh, Thank you, Mr. Ecker. 30000 bid. Uh, do I hear 31000 uh, 31000 oh, the the out in the world, then, doesn't he? Yes, Al. Swell agent. Brewer, eh? Ecker, that's a lot of beer to pay for that cup, the way it's going. $25,000. Mr. Jacob Ecker bids 35000 Am I bid more? 35,000 once, 35,000 twice, 38,487. Cellini Gold Cup, discovered a short time ago by Mr. Samuel. Give my promise. I'm afraid I'm stuck. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, let Mr. Eckhart speak, please. So now I've got to buy this great Cellini piece and don't donate it to the city museum. But don't make any mistake. I'm not going to be bid up out of all reason. I'll pay my maximum figure and that's all. Mr. Royal, my final bid is $65,000. Oh, that's good. Right. 65000 once, 65000 twice, sold to Mr. Jacob Ecker for $65,000. Valerie, I can't go on. I'm so sleepy, I can't... Oh, Lord, Lord, it's midnight. I didn't realize the hmm. time. You go on home, Nicky. Oh, who's that? I'll take it. Okay. Hello? Valerie, Ben Royal. Ben? Midnight? What's the matter? Look, Al, maybe I'm a fool, but I'm scared. Scared? Where are you, Ben? I'm home, alone. Uh, let me put my head close to the phone, Valerie. Right. I've been here all evening in my workroom, Valerie, cleaning and polishing the Cellini cup to get it ready for delivery. Where's your father? Well, uh, Pop had to drive out to Long Island. His, his sister's sick, and I guess he'll stay overnight. Look, Ellery, this is going to sound like kid stuff. Never mind how it sounds, Ben. What happened? Well, while I was polishing the cup, my light suddenly went out. I think it was every light in the house, though I haven't left the room to find out. I've been afraid to. Well, go ahead, Snicker. He's been sitting in the dark? Main fuse probably blew Ben an accident. Yeah? Well, suppose it wasn't. Suppose someone deliberately yanked it out of the fuse box in the cellar. Maybe it was done to lure me downstairs so that whoever did it could sneak into my workroom up here on the first story and swipe the Cellini cup. How do I know? Yeah, well, what'll I do? First thing to do is latch the door of your room, the room you're in, Ben. Yeah, well, I've already slid the bolt. There's only one door, thank the Lord. I've even locked the windows. I only had a gun. <laughs> You'd probably shoot your big toe off. Stay put, Ben. I'm coming over. You're in that old brownstone at the corner of West 77th and West End, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, you'll find my workroom at the head of the stairs. One flight up. Your pal, pal. Be there in ten minutes, and don't let anyone into that room till I get there, Ben. Anyone, understand? You bet. Ellery, I'm going with you. Oh, but there may be danger. Oh, oh, all right, I can't waste time arguing. Uh, dig that flashlight out of my desk, Nicky, and come on. Mm-hmm, that sounds like action, doesn't it? 
I wonder what's going on in that fellow's house. Nothing trivial, I hope. But anyway, we'll all have to wait for our next performance when the master detective, Mr. Henry Quinn, relates the adventure of the thief in the dark. I think it might appeal to you. <laughs> I really do. This is Peter Laura closing the doors of the mystery playhouse. Good night. Good night. Radio service. good little mystery here. It may not quite have the ring of, uh, of a uh, Nero Wolf uh, mystery to those who have, uh, you know, read the books and seen the television show. Uh, you're, they're kind of limited by the half-hour space. Uh, and uh, Stout was, uh, Rex Stout, who wrote Nero Wolf, was never quite uh, satisfied with the radio and film adaptations uh, of his story that were made uh, during his lifetime, but still, I thought it was uh, it was it was plenty of fun and uh, an interesting twist on the character for radio. Well, we do have uh, one comment here uh, before we go. This is from Kimber Smith uh, Fiddler. Uh, who writes on Facebook, I love these podcasts, really enjoyed the Father Brown earlier this week. Any chance we'll get to hear any more of them? Well, uh, subsequent to that, there was one more uh, episode we played. As with all the shows we play where there are lost episodes, which is pretty much every show we've done, uh, except for uh, Box 13, if some of those lost episodes emerge, we'll go back. Uh, next time we have a uh, appropriate vacancy, uh, you know, we run out of a show, but we'll go back. Um, from reports I've read, there were up to eight and perhaps more episodes of Father Brown produced. However, this was right uh, towards the end of World War II, and that whole uh, World War II era uh, was kind of a tough time for uh, finding uh, old-time radio transcriptions. But we'll certainly see. We'll be back tomorrow with Let George Do It, and then next week we'll take a look at another Nero Wolf series. For now, though, if you have a comment, email it to box13 at greatdetectives.net. You can follow us over online at Radio Detectives, and if you'd like to leave a comment, you can call 208-991-4783. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.